0: Marsha and I were coming down in the car this morning talking about what does the new year mean? Well, we went to bed in 2016, woke up in 2017. Nothing seemed to change much. But see, the bottom line of it is, if you're in Christ, the things are going along the same way, a good way. But on the other hand, well, some of you may not know who I am, by the way. I'm, I'm Tom Patterson. I'm an elder, a pastor here. I was a poor Jewish boy growing up in the... Oh, that was last week. <laughs> that was last week. <laughs> I want to talk about religion today. since <clears throat> so we might as well get off on the right foot, find out exactly what religion is. Skip, could you put that uh, first thing up? Question is, are you religious? Now, I think for the most part, people would answer that very affirmatively, but be careful what you answer, because you'll find out, this, this is a dictionary that has uh, defined it, it's a belief in a worship of a superhuman controlling power, especially a personal god or gods, now if you ask an uh, uh, Islamic if he's religious, he'd absolutely say yes, he believes in Allah, which has, by the way, very little to do with our god, you would ask a Hindu if he's religious. Absolutely. I'm so religious that I, I don't kill anything, and I'm going to come back as one of them. Well, good luck on that one. Then, of course, you've got the Buddhists, and trying to reach nirvana. Then we get closer to home, and we have uh, cults and sects that are... Uh, one's going to get, if they uh, do things right, get a whole planet to rule, and another one that if he does it right and he works right he'll get some place on earth because there's no room for heaven that's already been filled up so this is what religion is now I ask you again are you religious (laughs) see we come to the point of looking at religion and what we are as being religious people and I've come to the conclusion that there is religion and it is born again and never the twain shall meet Because when you get into religion, uh, when you get into religion, you get all kinds of things that thinking I'm okay. Uh, I can work with this. I know God knows me. I know him. And we're going to be okay together. Well, there was a man probably, we know in scripture that says John the Baptist was the greatest man that ever lived. But I think this particular man was maybe one of the most religious men that ever lived. Skip, would you put that up the first and it says, Jesus started on, on his way, and a man ran up to him and said to him, and knelt before him, a good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And of course, Jesus answered, why do you call me good? And Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. So now we have a standard of what we can judge ourselves by, and him. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, and do not defraud and honor your mother, father or mother. Teacher, he declared, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. Can't get better than that. I wish I could have said the same thing. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth, but he was religious. He was probably one of the most religious men or persons in the Bible I could see that had followed all the laws except the one. See, he was looking for something that would make him acceptable to God, but he didn't want to give up what he had. He loved what he had, he loved his riches. But I have to ask anyone here do you love what you have? What do you have that you love so much? That if Jesus asked you, come and give that up and come and follow me. I look at the apostles, this incredible thing of Peter and his brothers, fishermen, working for their father. And what did Jesus say? Come and follow me. And they jumped up and followed him. This is absolutely incredible. Because Jesus has been saying the same thing to everyone around here, all of us. All the people outside, all the people around the world, he's saying, come and follow me. And they're saying, oh, well, no, I want to stick with my religion. Well, doesn't that mean you follow him? Well, religion put Jesus on the cross, by the way. Uh, The most men of the time had Jesus crucified. See, religion is like a runaway train. It can't be controlled. It's like a a smorgasbord of things that you can go to a restaurant and pick out a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and whatever suits you, whatever suits me, that I'll call my religion. But it can even get into our own faith. Do you know a born-again person can slide back into being religious? It's such a small, incremental slide that we get used to doing the same thing, coming to church on Sunday, going to a Bible study, and Jesus says, that's not what I want. I don't, I don't, I don't want any uh, sacrifices. And we feel that's a sacrifice. I want devotion. I want honor. I want you to love me. That's what true religion is. So we find out this man here, being a most religious type of person, absolutely knew nothing about God. If he did, he'd sell it all. He'd give it all up. But he had no vision for God. He had vision for religion. And we all grow up in religion. See, that's the saddest part. We're instructed on how to include God in our religion, include Jesus into our religion. But see, the point of it is, Jesus is our religion. We can't get away from that. And if we do get away from it, we slide right back in. Well, it's really hypocrisy. Because we say we know him. Did that man know him? He wanted to know him. Jesus invited him to know him. But he didn't know him. So we find out the first thing here is that this man had a real problem with religion. Well, I'm asking you, do you have a problem in your own life with religion? We can pull characters out of scripture and God gives us all these characters to talk about as an example of what we can and cannot do. But it all comes down to the point of our own hearts. Are we religious? Do we follow Jesus with everything he says? Do we obey the commandments? See, I had a man I worked with years ago. And I might have told you the story. He chastised me all the time because I was what he considered super religious. Of course, he was wrong. I was born again. He didn't even understand what that meant. Well, after so many months and years of being chastised and turning the other cheek, I had had it. And I said to him, John, I says, you're such and such, and you have a leader over your church, a whole world church. Do you do everything that that man says? Well, no. No. No, we, uh, we realize some of those things aren't taken to be serious. He says, you can't tell me the people in your church do that. I said, they do everything I say because it comes out of the word of God. If they don't do that, they wouldn't be in the church. They want to know God and they know him through his word. I said, so the truth of the matter is, John, they do everything and you take and choose who you obey. I said, John, you're a hypocrite. Well, that didn't fly well, but well, I'll tell you, he never chastised me again. We never had another talk about religion after that. But it's the truth. He's set in his ways with his religion, and don't tell me. See, you can put Jesus into just about anything, and say that's uh, I'm a Christian. We've got all kinds of denominations, all kinds, and they're religious, for the most part. And as a result of that, they hold on to this particular denomination as if it's going to be this, the thing that's going to save them. And it has no more value than, uh, we used to, when we were kids, we used to have these uh, copper coins that were duds we put into candy machines, hoping we'd get a candy bar out of it instead of a nickel. <laughs> hey, what are you going to do? You do what you have to do when you're a poor kid. But <laughs> well, some of you remember this. Same thing of putting into a, a, a slot machine for a bus or something like that. It was you drop it in, and it sounded good, it went down and you, you got your free ride. But see, that's what we do with Jesus many times. Instead of putting into our heart all that Jesus has, we put this, this fake coin in there, and then turn on the music, and the music comes out, but it's not Jesus. It never was. This is the beginning of a new year. It's time to reconsider who Jesus is in our life. We're not religious. Forget that religion stuff. I've often told this, and people looked at me like i got lobsters coming out of my ears. Religion comes out of the pits of hell. Religion keeps us into a state of like a coma, walking through, well, everything is okay because... I go to church, you know the whole the whole spiel. But that's a terrible thing. And Satan, you know what? Satan loves religion. He loves religion. He wants everyone to be religious. Because they're wide open to anything he wants to do. I had an old woman that used to be part of my old church. She says, when they don't know anything, Pastor Tom, they fall for everything. Well, it wasn't that true. It isn't that true. When you don't know the truth, you'll fall for anything. So, the next thing we're going to talk about, <clears throat> Ephesians 2 8 and 10. How do I get out of this? How do I get out of this religion? Well, quite, quite honestly, you can't. You can't. And I can't. I tried that when I was 21 years old. It didn't work. I tried to be good. I, I, first of all, I didn't understand that I had to equate myself to God. Only God is good. But I try to be good, and it worked for well maybe three weeks. And I kind well that was a long time. Hey, don't laugh. Some people can't do it for more than a day. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And I try to be really good. And all I needed at that time was someone to tell me the truth. What must be? What must they do to inherit eternal life? But no one around me in my religion knew the answer. So as a result of that, I went my merry way. And within three weeks, I was right back to drinking, smoking, playboy, the whole thing. And it took 13 years until finally, I was talking to someone this morning, talking about John uh, the Baptist. He came with a baptism, a baptism of repentance. Now, if you don't know what that means, it means he was setting them up for Jesus because you can't receive Jesus unless you have repentance. That's what what he's talking about. That's what we're talking about. All those people that come to the Billy Graham Crusades or other crusades, you see, a year later, only 1% of them are still walking with the Lord. No repentance. They didn't understand John the Baptist and his whole reason for coming. Well, as a result of that, we're talking now, this is by grace you have been saved, in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, through faith. Now, if I stop there, you would say, well, yeah, I got that faith. I guess I can be saved. No, no, <laughs> that's not going to work. It says, and this not from yourselves. It's a gift of God. So you know what? That faith that brought you to Christ was him placing it into your heart. All he needed was someone, a vessel that wanted it. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ, Jesus to do good works which God prepared for us in advance. So nothing that we have, our faith, our love of Christ. I'll have to be quite honest with you. When I came to Christ, I didn't love Jesus Christ. How can you love someone you don't have a relationship with? The Spirit led me to the path that I was going to have a relationship And that relationship grows and grows and grows that I can't do without it. I can't get enough of it. I can't get around it. Just like every once in a while Frank does that sermon from the doctor, I can't think of his name, and talking about who God is. Incredible. Can't live without him. Can't do without him. Can't get rid of him. He's there. That's how we should be. If you want to think you're religious, which I don't want to use that word again, but think like that. That's what a born-again believer does. And the incredible part is it has to be practiced. Christianity is the most simplest thing in the world. It's practiced. And you get better and better and better at it. Like anything else, what have you ever done in your life that came out really good the first time? You practiced it. Your prayer life is better. Your understanding of scripture is better. Your sharing with others is better. How does that all happen? Well, you practice it. It's simple. It may be hard sometimes, but it's simple. So we find out that everything we have, God has placed there. All he's looking for is willing vessels. See, we're doing communion today. He needs willing vessels today. We'll get into that a little further. So we find out that you can't get out of religion by yourself. You're doomed if you think you can. If you think you can be good, give it a try. If you right now aren't born again, and you're hearing my message and you're saying, I can do this, give it a try. See if it'll last two weeks, three weeks. See how far it'll take you, what kind of a stretch you'll have before all of a sudden you're right back to doing the same old things. (laughs) See, with that thing we've got called original sin, the stain from our Father that we have in our soul, until Jesus wiped it clean with his blood. That always brings us back to the point that I'm going to stop doing this, and when we stop doing one thing, we pick up another. How is that? Why can't I just leave them all alone? you don't have the ability without Christ he's the answer to everything we can understand everything we need, everything we ever desired, he is the answer that's what being born again is talking about but then again you can be religious but I'll tell you right now that's not going to get you anywhere here's what God, I think it was in uh, uh, John six fifty three: unless you eat of my body And drink of my blood, and here comes the biggie, he'll not have life within you. Do you realize that if you don't have Jesus in you, you're dead? Turn that around. Remove that. Not life in you. What does that mean? That's a dead man walking. We've all heard that phrase from different movies, but that's exactly what it is dead man walking. Unless you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you'll not have life within you. This is the only way you can have life. This is exactly what God wanted. He doesn't want religious people. He wants followers. He wants people that see the word and can follow it and do it. And then share it. Next subject. <laughs> Why wasn't I told the truth? In John eight forty four through 45. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees here. And of course, they, they thought they were the most religious people in the world. And by religion standards, they were. You belong to your father, the devil, he's speaking to the Pharisees, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he has a liar, and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Why wasn't I told the truth? People around me didn't know the truth. I was searching in wrong places. Do you know I thought every religious person, not religious, every clergy was born again? What a disappointment in life I had when I found out that I was dealing with nine-to-fivers. We were in a meeting the other day And one of the fellows, a very smart man, and we were talking about nine to five. He said, what's that mean? I said, people that get into the clergy and work nine to five. He said, how can that be? That's because it's a job. It has nothing to do with Christ. Well, I mean... They have to use him in order to get by, but it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with a paycheck. It has everything to do with prestige. It has everything to do with how people perceive him or her, but it has very little to do with Jesus Christ. In fact, this one man told me when I had, we had a meeting, uh, and I happened to sit with him at dinner, and, you know, anything, since we're clergy, we're talking, and you know, telling him about the church and how it isn't set hours, but it's all hours. Whatever's demanded, you respond to. Not me, brother. Five o'clock at night, that phone goes off and it is not picked up again till the next morning. (laughs) I was dumbfounded. Religious man, though. Religious man. Marsha, my wife, told me a story when she worked at a nursing home. And there was a man that was ahead of the whole thing. Come back from vacation. Everyone wanted to know how the vacation went. He says it was really a good vacation. It was, not, it was uh, I think it was a uh, two-week sailing uh, vacation. Except, except for one thing. <clears throat> Someone come up to me. I don't know how they found us out. <laughs> they found out I was a clergy, part of the clergy. Imagine, no one can find it out. <laughs> Well, they come up to me and you know what? I'm on vacation now. And they asked me a spiritual question. And I told them right out, I'm on vacation. I can't get any better than that. (laughs) But he had a congregation. Can you imagine what they learned from him? Can you imagine what religious teachers teach their people? I myself was listening to the man that I followed before I was born again and he was taking me to hell but he was the first in line. He was going to hell and he was taking all of his congregation with him until Jesus came into my heart. Has Jesus come into your heart today? Have you been walking in religion? Are you sick of that? The same old, We got 2017, it'll turn into 2018 if Christ doesn't come back. Aren't you kind of sick of living a life without the fullness of Christ? You may say, but I have the fullness. Well, are you following him? Did you drop the nets like Peter did and walk away? Have you done that? These are questions you have to answer in your heart. Well, why wasn't I told the truth? Because no one around me knew the truth. And I was looking. I really wanted someone to tell me the truth. What must it be? Wouldn't anyone out there like to have someone come up and say, what must I do to be saved? Well, this is a, a, a question made in heaven for anyone that wants a disciple. No one knew. In fact, what they knew was exactly what the Pharisees knew. They knew the devil, and he speaks lies, and he's the father of lies. Now I would guarantee you that every man that I knew at that time would have chastised, maybe even beat me with a cane if I told them they were a liar. Because they brought into the lie. They were part of the lie. They professed the lie. And they sucked people into that lie and made them just like them. That's why it's so important we're here today. Why we give the good news of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> well, Number five, what happens when we know the truth? John 31 and 32. What happens when we know the truth? He's talking to his disciples and to the Jews who are his disciples, who have believed him. Jesus said, if you had hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will what? Such a freak. Um, A girl here does a prison ministry. and She was talking about two people that came to Christ last week, which is great news. But most of those girls, and I've been over there many times in the past, they have no idea that the bars and the cells that are holding them for six months, a year, year and a half, is in the prison that they're really in. The prison is on the outside. They're in a a double-locked prison. They're going to get out of the one. But unless Christ comes into their heart, they'll be into the other. They can't get out of it. And why is that? Well, the simple thing. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Well, she's over there telling the truth. And on occasion, and every once in a while, she gets the result of it. And it's hallelujah time all over again when you see the truth of someone accepting Jesus Christ with not only tears in their eyes, but a heart of repentance wants to know Jesus. We had a girl come up here only a couple of weeks ago from, Mark, from Frank's teaching. She came over and I was over on the other side. Frank says, come on over here. And she says, this girl wants to know Jesus Christ. Well, you know what? She already knew Jesus Christ. She just wanted affirmation from the pastors what she was doing was right. She came up with a contrite heart, a broken spirit, I only look for a blessing. But while she was walking up, the angels in heaven were dancing. Just born again. Sitting there, just sitting there. You may say, well, isn't it important to say the sinner's prayer? No. No, it's not. That's a very nice thing to do. But it's not important. Was it important for the guy, the thief on the cross to be baptized? No. So that very day, he'd be in paradise with Jesus. So you see, sometimes we make rituals out of the things that should be uh, glory. That woman what tears. I'm, I'm having a hard time not thinking about and crying. It was so beautiful. And it dawned on me right then and there. Before she got up to the stage, she was born again. <clears throat> How good can that get? Anyone here have a heart like that? You have to answer that in your own heart well I'll close up here with a conclusion and that's in John chapter 3 verse 3 through 6 I haven't told you any scriptures you haven't heard before I'm just kind of going over them again so they can be fresh in your mind we have a, an old Pharisee here called Nicodemus that really like Jesus' teaching. <clears throat> but he's not going to come out in the daytime. He's sneaking around in the dark. <clears throat> so he's asking Jesus about the kingdom of God and what must he do to be saved. And Jesus is replying, and he declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. <clears throat> well, this just kind of shocked Nicodemus. He had never heard the expression of being born again. Of course, his response was a natural one. How can a man be born when he's old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. And he was right. And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water, of which we all were. But that doesn't stop there. And the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. It doesn't matter who you are, what you are, how you've been, where you've been, and all these other things. It's only a matter of like that woman two weeks ago coming up, walking up, not caring who saw her. She didn't care who saw her. She had an appointment. She wanted to tell, she wanted people to confirm that. And as I said before, it was hard for me to pray for her through my tears. I haven't seen a salvation like that in a long time. But that could be your story today. We're having communion today. Could I have the ministry back up here, please? We're having communion today. And everything I'm talking about here all comes down to that. Unless you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you'll not have life within you. But you can't do that unless you have that Baptism of John the Baptist. Did you ever wonder what that meant, that he had a baptism of repentance? He was setting them up for Jesus. Jesus was right behind him. The one that's behind me, he says. I'm not even worthy to tie his sneakers. And yet Jesus came, and the repentance was already set. That's what's required this morning. So when we take communion... Think about what I'm saying. Music ministry? We do have one, right?